Welcome to Camber Metalheads. You got Marky Malpas and JDK. Tonight we'll be catching up with Joel and Reggae to run through some 90s tracks. 90s. Here on Camber Metalheads.
Hello and welcome to Canberra Metalhead. You got Marky Malpas and JDK. That first track was Dissection, the Sombaline. That one there's a uh, good representation of the '90s. There, Jay uh, chose that one there to kick off the show. We're gonna have um, Joel and Reggae in to run us through some of their picks for that for that era. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be sick. Should be good. Everybody tuned in and listened to the um, first part of this series with the uh, pre-80s and up to the 80s. So now we're uh, kicking it off with a, with another section of 90s. Let's bring in the new year with some 90s. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kicking it off with uh, some 90s as part of the three-part series. So, um, yeah, we'll have uh, Joel and Reggae in the studio to uh, run us through with that. And uh, we'll be running through the uh, first track with those guys. So stick around and listen to that one here on Canberra Metalheads.
Hello and welcome to the Canberra Metalhead Show. You got Marky Malpas and JDK, and this is the second part of the um, of our thirty year extravaganza through the um, the metal scene. That was Bolt Thrower with Cenotaph, uh, brought in by Joel, and um, it's kicking off the the nineties. So that one there, I noticed Joel, you uh, we got um, obviously Joel and Reggae in the show again for the next edition. Um, you brought that one in. That's the uh, Bolt Thrower album. I also noticed that it's covered in uh, signatures on the front there. It's pretty cool to uh, to have a signed copy, man. Yeah, they're they're one of my favourite bands. We were lucky enough to um, tour with them in '93. I think we did uh, seven shows with them, and yeah, really excellent, excellent band, really excellent people. So yeah, we're really lucky to be sort of part of that. Uh, and at that time, they were one of my favourite bands. So when one of your favourite, when you get the tour support to one of your favourite bands, it's kind of yeah even better. So we had an absolute ball on that tour really good people and yeah really good memories yeah right man well it's like one of those things where um a lot of the time people say oh we you know got a support for a band we would have been to watch anyway but now we're supporting that's even better you know yeah Uh, that's how i felt i felt i would have tried to sort of go and see you know as many shows as i could so yeah i got getting to play with them for um seven shows was awesome and yeah. they were just really good dudes. They watched us from the side of stage. I remember Lucy's strap sort of came off, and and the and the singer sort of quickly ran out and was roadie and you know fixing our, <laughs> fixing Lucy's strap back up. You know, so just things like that. You know, that's what right, I mean? man. Yeah, they were just really mega down to earth and just man, so heavy. Like seeing them live, it was just like they just sounded so good every time you saw them. Yep, and just this massive big, big sound. Just yeah, good songs, just killer band. Cool. And so that was a support with Armored Angel, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So I'm pretty sure it was '93, but I don't. Yeah, I reckon it was '93. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think we did. Um, we played um, a couple of shows in Sydney with them. Uh, we played Canberra. Played three in Melbourne and one in Brisbane. I think. Yeah. So right. Yeah. No, it was it was a good time. Except the promoter ripped everyone off. <laughs> the promoter, uh, yeah, left. Um, bailed down the tour halfway through. Yep. And uh, luckily, Matt, my brother in the band, sort of insisted that we get paid after each, each each night. So we got paid for the first four shows, I think. So by the time we got to Melbourne for the last three shows, we didn't get paid, but it didn't matter because uh, we at least covered our costs with the first four. But yeah, Bolt Throw got totally ripped off. But I think they joined the, the union before they arrived. Mm-hmm. So the musicians' union came down and paid them everything that they rode and, and sent them home. Oh, perfect, man. Well, it's sometimes you hear, you know, stories like that in the scene. It's not cool, but at least you guys were on top of it to start with. I mean, yeah, you still got shorted, but, man, keeping on top of your game. Oh, mate, I would have done it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, man. I would have done it for nothing. It was awesome, but, yeah. yeah. Still would have been nice if the promoter had paid us. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, sometimes um, things like that happen, especially, you know, in the earlier days, um, less... Um, less stories you know travel as they don't stories don't travel as hard as what they do now i think these days people are really scared to um you know usually dodgy promoters get outed pretty quickly yeah you're right this bloke was able to sort of land them in the country and i don't think he even had return tickets for him i don't think you can do that now Uh, yeah so when they were at the melbourne airport they they couldn't they couldn't 
leave. Yeah, right. They couldn't get their gear home from from memory. So luckily they joined the union. Otherwise, I don't know what they would have done. Yeah, right. You might have been touring with them for longer than you expected. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, you know, toured with them. Now they're staying at my place. I got them a part-time job, you know, before you're not. (laughs) Busking down the corner. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But if you had seen them on that tour, absolutely. You have been a bit too young, were you? No, I was was at that one. That was um, one of the better shows I've ever seen, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, excellent. So I was a bit too young, but... Managed to sneak in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got stories of sneaking yeah. into the uni. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I think someone stage dived and um, sconned themselves pretty bad, and then a whole bunch of us jumped in while security guards were outside. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Oh, you got a better memory than me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Well, um, I think uh, speaking of like touring bands and things like that, um, there was obviously some stories around that um, locally as well with Rock Ape as well. Reggae, you got a couple of bands that. Po- came through rock ape that you know you did the whole pick them up from the airport things like that um you start to become part of that tour life as well yeah. as the venue owner and the support act as well you know yeah i don't know if i can tell you too much of my stories from picking up mayhem but yeah, yeah I don't know if you wanted to cut off the tape i'll tell you you can decide what you want to put in <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i don't think it would come in under under an m rating anyway so yeah yeah no, it's it's one of those things. Like some of the international bands that t- tour through, um, they're just as part of a tour. Some things um, you don't know what to expect when you rock up into another country. Things like that. It's it's always um, t- sometimes adapting to you know being in new places, being supported by different bands and things like that. It's always it's always sometimes a bit of a shock, even to some of the bigger bands. You know, like a, a, going into new venues. I even know now, like bands that haven't been to Canberra before. It's the first time they've travelled through. They their first impressions of venues and things like that. Um, it all changes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so that was um, Bolt Thrower, a little bit of um, backstory on the band, and um, kicking it off with our nineties edition of the of the show for this week. Um, and now we'll move on into a, another band that Joel's brought in, which is um, Impaled Nazari um, with uh, Still Vagina. So we'll kick it off with that one. And um, thank you for listening so far. And stay tuned for some more tracks from the 90s here on Canberra Metalheads.
That was Impaled Nazari with Steel Vagina. And uh, we spoke some more about um, those guys, um, you know, before that. And it's all part of the 90s show. Um, and we'll be um, moving on now into some more 90s tracks. We've uh, chosen another one here with um, Terrorizer. Joel, you brought this one in again. Um, what's your feelings with the uh, Terrorizer album? We spoke a little bit just as you handed it to me about, you know, the dynamic of the band and, and some of the, uh, the drumming and stuff like that. Is there any... Yeah, I suppose it's more the grind stuff that I wasn't ever really that into. Yep. But this album, for whatever reason, just seemed to, um, you know, it's got a couple of guys out of Morbid Angel. It's got Sandoval drumming on it. And I was just saying before, for me personally, I just I just prefer his drumming on this than on Morbid Angel. It just seems to be a bit more direct, which is what I like. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's just a ferocious record. It's just, again, good songs, but just done really, really brutally. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like to hear, man, and it's all part of what we're doing with the show and, you know, showing some of the uh, earlier stuff. I think 90s was a good time where death metal started branching off into different types of death metal. We had, like, um, the beginning of, like you mentioned before, the more grindy sort of, like, intense um, styles as well as some of the, you know, not so much of the clear vocals starting to go more into the the heavier stuff as well with other bands. Yeah, I suppose this is one of those albums, again, that just seemed to be really... Um, sort of pivotal sort of that that created a whole I don't know it was just one of those really influential records for that style mm-hmm. so stuff just sort of moved on from there so I tried to sort of I don't know I just brought in a whole heap of stuff that I thought you know had a big impact on not just me but I just think anyone that was around this era mm-hmm. tended to sort of you know find records like this you know pretty pretty pivotal I suppose yeah that's good man alright so um, this is Terrorizer with um, Dead Shall Rise here on Canberra Metalheads.
that was Terrorizer with Dead Shall Rise. That was the um, end of the three tracks that Joel brought in. That was to uh, for the nineties um, tracks for for this show. And uh, now we'll be kicking it off with uh, th- three more from the nineties um, with some of these chosen or well, all of these chosen um, by reggae. So uh, it all ties in with the show quite well. Um, we'll be kicking it off with a Psychrise track. Uh, we've played Psychrise on the show before. Um, luckily, uh, got a few copies of, of um, one of their albums sent up from Lucy from Armored Angel. Um, sent those through from through uh, Helly Quinn Records. Um, and we, um, yeah, lucky to have a couple of the, the older ones in. But uh, we'll be kicking it off with Severance. So uh, that was a track chosen by Reggae. You, what sort of, um, what do you have to say about that track, man? Yeah, these guys have been kicking around Canberra for a fair while. Um, I'd seen them from about '92. I'm not sure exactly when they started, but they'll they'll definitely still go until about 2002. Yep. So they'd be one of the longer running bands that were kicking around Canberra. They were playing pretty technical death metal before anybody else was doing it in Canberra. And they had a they had a lot of flair. Like Yuri was an amazing guitar player. The the drummer they had Jamie at the time had some pretty good little jazzy chops to his drumming, and it was still probably the most extreme drumming we'd seen in Canberra. Mm-hmm. So these guys, in their own way, with technicality levels, the speed levels they were playing with, they for Canberra I reckon set the bar pretty high. Um, I don't think there'd been anything like Psychrist before that in Canberra, at least at any rate. Yeah. So it definitely opened up a few eyes and ears for people around. It brought extreme death metal to Canberra. Yeah, cool. It's uh, it's like we we're saying before. It's one of those things where it's like it it exists um elsewhere in the world, and then it comes to Canberra or it comes to Australia, and we have our um edition of it. It might not be exactly like you'd get overseas, which is not what you want. You want something with our flavor to it. So it's cool to see that we're developing. We had our own thing going as well, um, which was playing, you know, at this level. Yeah, I have to say Psychrise did match it with anyone overseas at the time as well. Yep. Like if you compare any other tech death band at the time, they were right up there with them. So yep. yeah, yeah I, more I power def- to them. Definitely agree. Uh, kind of underrated really. You know, I think they deserve to get a lot more credit for, for what they're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah, and Yuri is an incredible guitar player. Yeah, exactly. And we still like recently you can still see him play with bands like Tortured. Um, but you know, it's good to know where he came from and the music that he used to produce as well. Yeah, well, they had uh, Kill for Satan as well, and um, they're, they're really good as well. So he's, yeah. he's always done a lot of really, really good stuff. Yeah, cool. Well, now we're branching out to have more individual members on the show um, as opposed to entire bands. I mean, guys like Yuri is definitely um, definitely a good prospect for that kind of type of show. So who knows, may even be able to hear from him again um, in the studio one time down the track. So uh, stick around now, listen to um, a three-track three bracket, kicking it off with Psychrise, and we'll talk more about the other tracks when we come back here on Canberra Metalheads.
Sadistic Execution with Suspiral. Before that we had Armored Angel with Hymns of Hate. And at the top we had Psychrist with Severance. Good to uh, good to get a heavy bracket out there. Now we're moving through the 90s. We're getting some more... It's get, things are getting heavier and heavier. Obviously we had um, Psychrist on there and then Sadistic Execution to close it up. Getting some heavy songs. Armored Angel's still um, s- strong to the metal roots that we've had um, previously in the show already. Um, and... Um, Reggae mentioned that you guys cover that song as well. Yeah, last couple of gigs we've been doing, um, we've played it. Mm-hmm. I tried to con Joel here into singing it with us at the Venom gig, but we, we didn't get it going. I did it at the rehearsal with yeah. you, yeah. and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, that, uh, I think a lot of people would love to have seen it, but that's all right, you know. But yeah, I'll embarrass Joel a bit here. Um, Armored Angel, everyone probably listened to this would at least remember the name, even if you weren't old enough to have seen the band in full flight. But they did influence a whole subgenre of the Australian metal scene. Um, for me, I'm going to say it was the first real band I ever, I ever really saw. Like I'd seen a couple of my friends play in their garages or down the youth or whatever, but when I saw Armored Angel open up for Morbid Angel, which is where it gets confusing to talk about, 
um, this was the first time I'd seen real musos play a real gig in front of big crowds. Yep. And it just sort of showed me that local guys can do it too. Like, because um, I knew Lucy from the record store and that sort of thing. And I just didn't realize he was in the band, even though I had Armored Angel cassettes and stuff that I was listening to. It didn't sort of twig that that, that was the guy that was doing it. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him on stage, I was like, wow, man, like, um, you know, if he can do it, there's hope for other, other kids. Like, I just already started learning to play a bit. You know, uh, messing around with Metallica songs, whatever yep. kids did at the time. Mm-hmm. But this was the sort of thing that gave me a kick in the butt between seeing Armored Angel and then Morbid Angel right after it. Yep. Seeing what a professional band looked like, sounded like, and the power they had over the crowd was just unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, Matt, to his credit, was a really good all round guitar player. Like, he, you know, kept a very solid rhythm. His leads weren't very flashy, but they were solid. The songs didn't fall apart, which is really hard. I find it's also a hard thing to do as a three-piece band. So it's something that, you know, I took a bit away from what Matt was doing in how to keep a song together as a three-piece, you know, like, yep. uh, which even to this day, people people say that we do it quite well, but, you know, um, I saw Matt do it before us, Yep. basically. Yeah, it bridges that gap. Like someone that you know that, that's, you know, selling your um, music and all that stuff, and then you're like, man this this thing is like it's possible i can see that there's someone there that i know that's in the canberra scene bridging that gap between you guys and you know morbid angel Um, i had the exact same thing for me because armored angel existed before i was in them Hmm. so when that first uh demo came out in 85 you know i was i was really heavily into it because again like i was 15 years old and there was a band that was coming out of canberra i couldn't believe that you know band playing the music i wanted to play was you know, out of camp, so I got to know Lucy and, um, you know, my previous band that I was in with Marcus, who's in Wichita with me. Marcus and I had a band called Under Oath going back in the in the mid-'80s. Yep. And we supported Armored Angel a couple of times. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, for me, it had that same kind of uh, effect on me. It was just, it's more at that age when you're, you know, you're pretty impressionable and you can see something happening in your own hometown, mm. it changes everything for you yep. because you actually see, oh, right, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And it just, and I think that's what happened. Maybe we were just one of the first bands in Canberra and so a scene kind of, a DIY scene grew out of that. So, yeah, I can totally understand what you're saying, Reggae, because I felt the same with the previous lineup. Yeah, cool. Oh, it looks like the band has, you know, um, has a spot um, in the scene, me- like for your memories with both of you guys. So that's good to, good to get it out and play play that music on the on the show. Well, that's Canberra. It was like a very unusual place because there was no, there's no pubs here, really. You know mm. what I mean? In the way, you know, every other city had like a scene where bands were playing pubs and we didn't have it. Yeah. So we had youth, and to be honest, the youth cafe that was built here had a bit to do with you know the original youth cafe that i played at with under oath was the in the old melbourne building which was a disused um, post office mm-hmm. so we were actually playing in that and people were sort of setting up gigs there yep. sort of sort of illegally it was like a squat <laughs> so there was things like because of that sort of scene that was happening the funding actually came through um to, to build the youth cafe that was probably on the spot where we're sitting now, in the mm-hmm. old, original Griffin yeah, yeah. Centre. So what happened from that is the whole of the Canberra scene was built purely off a, uh, from a DIY sense. You know, We mm-hmm. used to play the Youth Cafe, we'd build our own drum risers and we'd have to hire the, you know, hire the venue, we'd have to clean up afterwards. So we had a very different sort of outlook in Canberra 
And every band that we played with and all the bands that came after us had that exact same sort of work or that same ethos. And it, and it built something strong. Canberra's always punched above its weight for um, its its population in, in a metal sense, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's how yeah, yeah. Metal for the Brain and everything came from when Lucy first organised um, Heavy Metal Holocaust in 86 mm-hmm. that I played at as well as Under Oath. We opened that show. And um, so, you know, from that, that, that gave me the insight to set up Metal for the Brain because that's how, as far as we knew, that's how you do a gig. You don't go to a pub or go to a promoter. You just do everything yourself. And Canberra had has has always kind of had that. Mm. I think that's what sort of built. Plus, Matt and Lucy worked at Impact. They were ordering all of the all of the, the the metal section in Impact was second to none. You know, so if you grew up in Canberra at that time, you had people sort of in the scene directing you to what the best stuff was. Mm-hmm. So out of that, Canberra just sort of became. Um, and that really that's that had a lot to do with Lucy for sure. Cool. Oh, that's right, man. Well, he's influenced the show here, and uh, he, you know, sends for his stuff, um, music for the show as well. So um, that that helps out, and also produced the Canberra Metalhead Metalheads patches. So <laughs> you know, so many ties in the scene, and uh, still helping out where he can, which is good. One thing I will say about Arm and Angel as well, they also appeal to people outside the metal scene. Like you'd get um, the punk and hardcore crews turning up to the gig. Like in Canberra at the moment, if you're a straight down the line metal band, you might have a, a limit of about 100 people that's in your target audience. Whereas a band like Arm and Angel that crossed over a couple of scenes, even though they were fairly traditional metal, they, they'd get much bigger crowds and it would be people from the rock crowd, people from the, the alternate grunge scene, yep. people from the, the hardcore, um, I guess you'd like that suicidal tendencies sort of yeah, thrash, yeah. skater thrash scene. And that's what made these gigs really big, is that everyone had sort of come together for it. It wasn't a sectioned-off part of the scene. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that things have changed a bit. Like, gigs that seem to be set up now just seem to be one genre all jammed together, whereas back in the day it was kind of like we were all battling against the same kind of issues. So, you know, we we played with all sorts of different bands and it just seemed to work. It was good, man. It was a good time, for sure. There was a really good sort of camaraderie and and it sort of helped build a scene that I reckon still exists today there's you know I think the canvas scene's always had a really strong um you know metal community yeah yeah exactly man it's good to um yeah it's good to do all that and you're right though a lot of gigs do just have a single type of of metal um you know I seen a gig recently where um chud played with a bunch of like heavier uh softer bands and it's sort of like the the the, the slower softer bands were just going like wow this is actually good to mix it up because normally where we're similar bands whereas you just got chud this like industrial sort of grungy sort of sounding guitar riffs and things like that um flowing straight into like a more of a power type setup you know what i mean well, i'm gonna make it more interesting to go and see gigs like yeah. that yeah even if you don't like a band at least hearing something different you're not just getting smashed with the exact same thing the whole night i yeah. just reckon it's big but i don't know <laughs> i mean look i no like, I like, I like death metal but i don't want to hear five death metal bands in a row you know what i mean <laughs> like, yeah. i want to hear a hard rock band i want to hear a death metal maybe something a bit like yeah, a doom band yeah. you just mix it all yeah. up it's the same with me like i'm kind of i suppose in the doom scene now but i don't i'm the same i don't want to hear five doom bands in a row. and that's like a lot of the gigs that you do it's just yeah. like man why 
why can't you have like mix the whole thing up? Just makes it far more interesting for everyone, I reckon. Well, things like like we said before, which golf fits with a few different bands um, as well. Like you guys can be on like a rock show, metal show, or a doom show. I think I've seen. Yeah, I reckon. Of- I reckon you're right because I think we kind of come from all of those backgrounds. All of yeah. our influences sort of have that elements of that stuff. Yeah, and, and we like- and we like doing it too. You know, yeah, we, we played with a very sort of broad, you know, section of bands and. Mate, I wouldn't mind. I, I go and play with the black metal bands. It wouldn't worry me. The mm. crowd might not dig what we're doing, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm happy to play shows like that and have a crack and see what happens. At the end of the day, man, like we all like heavy stuff. You know, if it's yeah. not totally your cup of tea, yeah, you still might get something out of it, or at least break up the monotony of just the same sort of thing, just getting. Yes, yeah. down your throat. Exactly right, and as well as it's all it's all talent based as well. Like you know, you you see the talent in a band, you're like, well, I still you know I might not be into that style, but I appreciate that, um, you know, that guitaring, that drumming, you know, even yeah. But it's also like different crowds come. You know what I mean? Like someone might see your band that actually likes you, yeah. that wouldn't have gone to your show because they're actually going to see the other band on the bill that they yeah. do like. So it just works all around, I reckon. But more just as um. And you meet different people. I just yep. reckon it just makes things more interesting, but it doesn't seem to be that way. Most people tend to stick with, Yeah, I don't know why that tight. is. It used to be a lot more open like that, didn't it, back in yeah. the day? Well, I think, I think it was a big part of the youth cafe culture as well. Like we were playing with a lot of grunge bands. Um, there was that funky primacy style stuff that was in in the 90s that we used to mix pretty heavily with. Um, and even now, like we're trying to get back into doing more mixed genre bills like we've got one coming up at Queenbian kangaroos club or something in april and i think we're the only metal band on the bill but if we're good you know people may may or may not like us but they can't say we're crap you know we'll just do what we can do and hopefully they dig it and i know there's a lot of metal heads out in Queenbian, so it's just you just got to do that sort of thing and take a punt it's it's not always a safe way to go but you will pick up extra fans for doing it you know yeah. Yeah, I, I also find that um, a lot of the, the clickiness is more like every subgenre now has kind of like a certain thing that they talk about and a lot of people only kind of hang around with people with similar ideas, man, you know what I mean? Yeah, fully. I don't know, like especially political-wise and, and, and things like that and yeah, subgenres are get, just getting so specific. But I think, yeah, you're right, you're absolutely right, but I think also some bands worry that if they branch out and do these different bills it's going to somehow have a negative impact from the people that are in that that are really staunchly into that kind of genre yeah, yeah, and if you're sort of playing too. in different ones yeah, yeah. so well, we, we don't care we're heaps older and just don't have anything to prove or anything to worry about so we're just happy to kind of you know yeah. speaking from experience myself um within human remnants you know we play death metal shows death core shows and then hardcore punk stuff as well yeah, right. And then, you know, we'll, we'll also play, you know, a black metal show or a grind show. It kind of, it's it's really good being able to do that myself. But. Yeah. yeah. It makes it more interesting. Yeah. yeah well, we do the same. Like, we play with, like, you know, Mental Cavity and I exist. We're good friends with those guys. So, you know, we've played plenty of gigs with, with them. And our crowds are, are definitely different. Yeah. But there's so many people. Canberra's a small place, you know. You, yeah. You, you, you kind of tend to one degree of separation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't take right. long sort of chatting to someone from Canberra and working out you're either or, related to them or, yeah. <laughs> or, or you went or to school one, with them. <laughs> one band of 
separation like you were in a band with someone that was in another band oh, yeah. you know what i mean Mate, you, you do start doing that whole thing it's yeah. just... <laughs> the, the canberra family tree of bands yeah <laughs> the, i think the root of that tree would be rain of terror and everyone's branched <laughs> off from there it's been in there at one point well, when did you guys start man pretty 94 94 full on yeah. i think from the first gig 94 when i was writing songs from about 92 yeah, yeah. right yeah, that's that's cool, man. It's that's like a long time <laughs> <laughs> to still be kicking, man. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'm hoping we've taken out the record for the longest running Canberra band. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, if I, you would by now, wouldn't yeah. you? As long as the bladder spasms don't come back. Yeah, yeah. well, they never went away, did they? <laughs> Just that brief twelve year gap. <laughs> Hi, yeah, it's a, it's a bit like the same with Inebriator yeah. as well. Like those guys um, are back together now. I think when was they, they started in '93? Yeah, they gave us our first ever show, actually. Like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, so at the but, Town Centre Tavern, which became the basement at some point. Oh, right. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, it became Pete's Tavern after that, didn't it? Wasn't it Town Centre Tavern no, and then Pete's Pete, Tavern? Darcy's we played, Dan it, we after played that. it when it was Pete's. I think. Oh, did you? It was, yeah, it was Darcy's Den yeah. as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was Darcy's before. Before Pete's. Pete, yeah. yeah. I worked at it when it was Pete's. Yeah, right. I can't remember now. You got me confused. Before <laughs> Kurt took over from sound, I did yeah. a little bit of sound there uh, with uh, Alan and Damo. Yeah. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, so the basement predate. This is this is predating the basement. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, people don't know how good they got it with the basement now. Like back in our day, there wasn't there wasn't any pubs doing anything remotely like it. As it went on, there was... Um, well, was terrace bar was good. Yeah, yeah, but like that came a, a little bit later, yeah. you know what I mean? Like uh, when we first started getting the scene started growing in Canberra, there was there was nothing. And that's why as the scene grew, places like the Terrace Bar put yeah. shows on because they, they put a show on like 200 people would turn up, you know what I mean? Like And, and 200 drinkers with no aggro, you know, yeah. that's that's yeah. the other thing. You know, the, the whole metal sort of community has just always been one that's just been... Heavily into self-supporting, yeah, and, self, yeah. Uh, and self-policing, yeah, yeah. yeah self-policing. But also for a pub, it was just the best. Like when I was in Armadale, you used to play places like the Collector Tavern in Parramatta, and you know what I mean. You get two hundred people coming in, and like the publican used to love us. He'd go, "Oh, you guys can come back every week," because mm. he said two hundred people come in, they drink like the, <laughs> there's no tomorrow, and no aggro. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good good to see that it, you know, the scene keeps itself alive that way, and uh, self polices as well. But uh, yeah, that closes up our nineties bracket, and um, you know, playing through some of those um, bands there that kicked on later on into the two thousands. Um, but for now, that was uh, that was all the the bands and and not just the bands, but the albums that were released in the in the 90s and we'll um, close it up with that thank you for listening to the show and thank you for listening to some 90s 90s metal from Canberra and around the world and uh, tune in next week for our final edition of the three part saga which is the uh, 2000s be closing up this bracket now with a track chosen by Josh Nixon as part of Josh Nixon's track listings that he gave us we're burning through these ones now I think we've got a couple left Uh, this is one of them with Church now Church is spelt C-H-R-C-H and the track name is Portals here on Canberra Metalheads. It's key.
Okay, that was Church with Portals. It was uh, good to have Joel and Reggae in the show uh, running through their track. 90s. You know. (laughs) (laughs) As we mentioned before, you know, having Armored Angel in the track listing is just perfect. Having Joel on the show as well earlier. So hearing from him and also cranking some Armored Angel, it all works hand in hand. Yeah. Thanks to Joel and Reggae for appearing on the show. Yeah, for awesome having you. Second part of the show, and then we'll uh, move on to the, um, you know, the all await and final part next week. Oh, the naughties. That's right. (laughs) Um, Just where a lot of the listeners sort of, um, by this point, everyone was sort of into that into that scene. So we're slowly picking up more and more momentum every week. Um, And then by the time you get through the nineties and the naughties, everybody's like, "Oh, I remember this now." Um, Sick, sick. All right, so yeah, um, what do we got we got a gig listing, huh? That's right, we got the uh, Canberra Metalheads gig guide. So um, now, in don't forget to send us your uh, your uh, up and coming shows, and uh, if you want to come and be a guest appearance on our show, uh, you know, get onto us on our social medias. Yeah, you can either um, message the Canberra Metalheads Facebook page, or you can even go through to the. Um, through the Gmail account, which is metalheads at gmail.com, um, to get in contact with us. We, uh, yeah, we love to hear from anybody that uh, hasn't been on before. Also, some repeat offenders as well. If you guys have been on the show before, you want to um, want to reach back out again, happy to have that. Yeah, get on to us. Tell us all your shows. We like to go to gigs. Uh, so, kicking it off, we've got um, the... Um, the Chainsaw gig, which is at um, the Potbelly on the 27th of Jan. With Reign of Terror and Black Mountain. That should be a sick show. Yeah, that, that's a rad gig. Uh, it's pretty cool to see that one coming up. Chainsaw being a band from Sweden. Yeah, man. Have you heard any of their tracks? Yeah, man. I uh, sussed it out just leading up to the gig guy, man. I reckon that'll be a sick gig. I mean, not to mention the locals as well, you know. Oh. Just like having Reign of Terror and Black Mountain there, I'm, I'm there already. So, like, to catch Chainsaw you know as well. Yeah. Yeah, some good fresh. Um, if you like, if you like it, check it out. Yeah, that's right. And um, coming up in February on the 9th at Transit Bar, we've got the Doom Mini Fest with Kurtz with a heavy heart. Yeah, awesome. I'm going to that one for sure. Yeah, exactly. The Doom Mini Fest. It's uh, it's starting to coin a term there. Getting that that festival feel about it. Getting yeah, some, man. Some what Doom. what is it? What is it? Kurtz third one. I think it'd be around that. Maybe. Third or fourth? Yeah, at least yeah. third. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been kicking it for a while now. Like I yeah. mentioned before in the show, that dude like has been on the show before it was Canberra Metalheads. He's on the show like talking about the, the upcoming gig. So he's been running it for a few years now, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get him in, bro. Yeah, that'd be sick, dude. So um, get him on, talk a little bit more about it. We've got the um, South Coast Metalheads presents a blaze in the Southern Sky gig on the 16th of February at the Maria Waterfront. Doors from 8 o'clock, and the tickets are $25 via Mosh Ticks. You've got bands such as... Black Mountain. Who are the headliners? And As Flesh Decays. Claret Ash. Amorium, and... Deprivation. Rad lineup there. Um, a lot of energy on that stage, you can see. Uh, the um, the guys from uh, Dep, second gig um, that I've seen them play um, recently... So, so they got that one coming Straight up. Straight off the back of the psychoptic support. Yeah, man, that's it. And, like, those guys are just smashing it as they always do. Benny up the front, smashing it out. Man, 
those guys have been around for a while. They kill it. Oh man, I remember the time that um that um a bus like Mikey hired a bus and ten of us went to Orange to watch Deprivation play at the Occidental. Man, yes, yeah, like hired out three three hotel rooms and ten metalheads all stayed in these like two bedroom rooms. Man, sick. <laughs> so that's my that's my Deprivation experience, and um you know it carries out for from a, as a memory all these years later yeah. i think that was just when i started to get into the scene man so you know we're talking like five years later i still remember that yeah Depp's still kicking and kicking ass yeah. so is claridash and so is black mountain as flesh decay samorium all kicking yeah awesome, awesome show up. man um so that's a blaze in the southern sky Yep, so go down to the South Coast, check that one out, book yourself a room, stay the night and have a good weekend. At the Waterfront Hotel. Maria. South Coast Metalheads. Still producing the rad gigs. Always, man. Word up, Luke Yeet. <laughs> That's right, man. The, um... <laughs> yeah, word, word up, little brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Low key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right, well, so uh, go check that one out. Yeah. Might remember we had um, we had Tim from uh, one of the organisers behind Quest Fest. That's on the 16th of March at the basement. Um, we did a whole segment on that show, man. It should be cool. It's like the yeah, kind of, like the themed gigs is starting to become more and more of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I dig it, man. Um, I've been to, I went to the last one. It was great. I'm looking forward to this one. Get your cosplay on. That's right. You got until the 16th of March to decide on a character. Oh. Choose your... Choose choose your destiny. (laughs) (laughs) Fight. Choose your your main. (laughs) Choose your own. Yeah. No, it should be great, man. Um, I always look forward to these ones. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And uh, I hear they're giving out prizes and stuff. Also, the tickets are now available in pre-sale. So, go and... Go and scope that one out. You can uh, get yourself some pre-sale tickets and also give yourself a chance to uh, to choose an outfit and head on down on the 16th of March. 16th of March at the basement. Now we've got the, um, finally in, in our gig guide on the 27th of March, we've got Slaves, the um, tour is called Awake and I Am. So that one there's on the 27th of March and uh, that wraps up our gig guide. So uh, check all those ones out. We uh, share as many of those as possible on our Facebook page. So if you're um, if you're excited about checking those ones out or you want to hear more information, search them up or have a look on our page for more info. Um, and that concludes this week's show. So we've got the gig guide. We've had um, the guys in. Um, we had the the 90s track listings from Joel and Reggae. And um, we um, will be able to close it up now with a... Um, track that jay selected as part of the uh good representation of the 90s with some at the gates action jay what's his track uh this is slaughter of the soul from the album slaughter of the soul this this to me is uh what 90s metal was um this is my favorite album of all time seen these guys four times check it out excellent well uh i can't think of anything better as an intro than that man so uh Yeah, check out this next track, and uh, until next time, uh, make sure you check out our social medias, all of the band's social medias, and um, keep listening to live music and going out to gigs, keep it all alive. Yep, stay brutal and get to your shows. You've been listening to Marky Malpas and... JDK. And until next time, keep it metal. Skate.